0: Hi, hey, um, hey there. Hold on,
1: I had a song oh. I wanted to start this with. Hold on, what was it? After you told me that you never yeah, yeah, started yeah, it with yeah. songs, uh, what if was you have it? to think
0: of the song, it's dang not, it. Yeah. I just
1: had it a minute ago. You ooh. can dance if you want oh, to. Okay, I was, you was thinking. You can leave girlfriends behind. Ooh, baby, your friend? you your you friends, friends or girlfriends?
0: We can dance if you wanna. You can leave your friends. Be- I think it's your, your friends. Your friends? What if
1: you just want to leave, you girlfriends, can leave
0: girlfriends, behind? girlfriends behind?
1: Yeah, anybody's girlfriends. Don't leave your girlfriend leave behind. Well, no, no, it's fine. Bring them with you because it's if you want to dance.
0: But your girlfriends want to dance.
1: Maybe they don't, like me. I don't want to dance. Don't make me dance.
0: You can dance if you want to. You can leave Jason behind.
1: Okay, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations and welcome to the Did you know, listener, Jason
0: does not like to dance? This is a fun fact about him. I don't him. like
1: to dance in public.
0: Yeah, you dance around yeah. the house all the time. Yeah. We need to unpack this because we I We don't think,
1: need to unpack. We don't.
0: Okay, but listen. I think it's so um, puzzling to me that you are a person who yeah. I would say, out of all the people that I know, has a very strong handle on not- Caring what people think about you. Yeah, yeah, I would yeah. say you have that. Have me beat on that. Yeah. Okay. It's perplexing. You have to agree. It's perplexing sure. th- that the person who doesn't care what people think of them
1: I, I have has a, trouble
0: dancing in public.
1: I have an analogy for you.
0: I would love to hear it.
1: You, when we're around our house just together, yeah. improv you love doing it, don't you? Isn't it just fun? <laughs>
0: Babe, I don't think so. I don't no, think you no, do. No, no, no.
1: You do. Like we play little games. You like you'll dive tell into them it. about our little games. <laughs> like we play all kinds of little games, and don't you love it? Like you, you enjoy it, don't you?
0: Yeah, but see that that. But see this. But hold on. You're proving my point.
1: No, no, no. I'm okay, not. Okay, go ahead. Because then we then in like a public setting. Yeah, yeah. If I try and get you yeah. to improv. Yeah. You do not want to do it.
0: Okay, I agree with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And you're proving my point, which is okay. that. I am someone who cares deeply what other people think about me. So that feels like it matches. That, of course, someone who like, cares what people but think the about dancing... them would not want to do improv in public because yeah. he, what will people say? But the person who doesn't care what people think about them, yeah. why would they care in public about what people think about their dancing?
1: I think this stems back to like a childhood dance okay, let's situation. Okay, let's go into the bubble cave. I think when Yolanda stood me up in middle school, really, I think that's what happened.
0: Wait, so you equated Yolanda standing you up to, oh, it must be my dancing?
1: Well, it's just like we were at a dance and like she didn't dance with me, you know? And like, I think okay, that just, just ruined so you, it.
0: I don't think you understand what standing you up means, <laughs> but okay. I was 11. You when know? Yolanda stood up and didn't want to dance with me?
1: I don't like her. I'm gonna find her on Facebook. No, I'm not gonna find her on no. Facebook. Yolanda, we hope you're happy. Yeah. The, has anyone ever tried to do that, by the way? Have you ever tried to look someone up, not on Facebook, because I only do on Instagram, because I don't go on Facebook, because that's like just a, like a, dumb a person from your past that popped into yeah, your head. Yeah, yeah. But all I can yeah, remember babe, is their just, well, first name, and like oh, yeah. it's like Steve. Like, not a chance. <laughs> Never going to find him.
0: You just type Steve into Instagram you're like, uh, oh, okay, yeah, I De- guess, that's a dead end. Guess that's not going
1: to help me at all. Uh, and then sometimes <laughs> I'll try and type like the town that we lived in like as well. And it's like zero results. Like, yeah, they're probably right. Yeah. <laughs>
0: like, whoa, Steve didn't put the town in his bio.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> his childhood hometown. I just wasn't don't know if anybody bio. else
1: might do that because I find myself, I'm like, ah, I'm going to look up Stephanie. Don't know anything else about her. Uh, well, looks like there's a couple Stephanies on Instagram these days. Well, I guess I'll just go do something else in my time.
0: <laughs> Anywho. I try to find like videos that I forget to like save or favorite sometime where I'm yeah. like, I'm like, <laughs> like describing the video in the search. Yeah. That's not how you find stuff. No, it's okay. really not. Um, I don't think you're alone in that.
1: Let's get into the episode. So this is kind of like a, a real, real time type of episode here because right. this just went down. Although last week we kind of did this as well. So I think this is a... a it's a new
0: a, era for the podcast. It's
1: an interesting thing for you podcast listeners to note. When you take on a big project, things get stressful. Drama. Things get out of routine. Things get difficult. And if you listen to last week's episode, you know that we had to like... We basically started recording it, then we had to pause, then we in the next day recorded it. And so this week, we kind of have a similar story, but it doesn't have to do with the podcast. Yeah,
0: we really seem like a mess right now.
1: Yeah, and I think that that, I'm hoping, is just a relatable moment for anybody who's embarking on a big project Mm -hmm. to know that it is messy. Like, we've been doing this for years, and we're pretty good at this type of thing. But, like, it's still really hard when you take on a big, challenging project.
0: I also really believe that if you are pushing yourself and evolving and trying new things and doing something different. I'm not saying that our like contemplance is like earth shattering. I'm just saying it's something we've never tried in our business before. You have to expect that, that it's going to be uncomfortable. You have to expect that you're going to embark on new challenges. So I do think you're right. There's a little bit of humbling, not that we need humbling, but there's a humbling that has to happen. Even if you're a veteran veteran, Business owner of going, oh well, of course. If I'm trying to push myself and, and embark on new challenges, I'm going to not always handle those the best. Do you
1: think growth is painful.
0: Growth is painful in
1: all aspects, in business and in life. Like I remember when I was growing, and like I'd wake up with hip pain because I just like went through a growth spurt, you know, overnight. There you go. This is our growth spurt That's right the metaphor. here. Metaphor. I'm gonna wake up with hip pain tomorrow. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about what happened. Okay. So we were in this 26 day content blitz. If you've not been listening to the past couple episodes, we are creating 26. YouTube videos and 26 articles that accompany those videos. The goal is to get them done by September 18th, release them every day. There's a whole concept behind it that will be revealed. And if you want to see the behind the scenes of this every week on Mondays, we're sharing this in our newsletter, wanderinginfo.com newsletter.
0: Also, last week we did the design visuals and there, oh, yeah. there were hints. There were yeah. sneak peeks. So if you want to guess what the concept is, you can... Yeah. You know. Also,
1: some people really loved the magnets photo that just... <laughs> We tried to have AI help us uh, make some magnet photos and it did not yeah, go well. Yeah, fun fact
0: uh, AI does not know what a magnet is, I'll tell you that.
1: So, anyway, this uh, Monday, two days ago, we essentially, it was like, we're going to start recording some videos. Yeah, and we had
0: about, I think it was 10 or 11 scripts fully developed at that yeah. point. And so it was time to, I think our goal was to, well, here was the plan on Monday. Let me yeah, tell you yeah, what the go plan was. Monday we were like we're going to hit the ground running it's recording week we're going to sit down we're going to spend about an hour doing what we call punching up yeah. the scripts meaning this is the first time Jason's going to look at them and so he's going to offer like ways to make them funnier ways to make them more concise like just really refine them to the point where we feel like they're ready to record right yeah. and then we were like we're going to try to at least record 5 Of these videos in one day and
1: the videos are going to be about five minutes in length yeah they're pretty short so it's not yeah recording five in one day should be doable
0: right that was the plan and also (laughs) i want you to know that we both okay so we wake up monday and we both know that recording videos in case you're like new to this whole world Recording videos is the one thing in our business and in our life where we have the most friction.
1: Can I give a little bit of? We
0: will discuss why we think that is. Yeah, we will can discuss I give a the little bit of
1: uh, back. analytics? I would analytics love, backstory. Love for you too. In the five years we've been running Water Game we have written over 200 email newsletters together. Almost every single newsletter gets written by both of us in some capacity. Right. Uh, for a little bit behind baseball, I typically write the first <laughs> different
0: draft. Different than inside baseball.
1: No, behind baseball. Behind baseball behind is a different baseball. game. Yeah. We're going around the stadium, around back, and we're, we're it's a little bit dirty back there, but it, we're looking baseball. at stuff. <laughs> right. I write the first draft almost always. There are sometimes we've had some uh, you know, weekly chunks where you've longer, been doing it. So. Yeah. So I write the first draft because I can just crank it out and it's it's not good. But clay then, on the table. It's clay on the table. And then you come in, and you sculpt it, and you shape it, and you're doing all kinds of stuff. And and then I do like a final pass of adding in images and then formatting it in our email platform and then queuing it up for sending. So it's kind of like a back and forth process. We've done 200 plus of these. I can't even think of a single time when we've ever had a word of disagreement on them. No,
0: the most is that I come in and I'm like, hey, your clay, I really appreciate that you put it on the table. We're gonna. I need some new clay, and so what I'm going to write it. What and have you, you go, learned?
1: okay. What have you learned about my writing in the like, Eight years you've been helping edit my writing.
0: That I can change anything and you're not precious My words are
1: not precious. I do not care. I am not the type of person who's like, no, but I eloquently wrote that sentence and you have to keep it. Throw it away. I don't care. I'll just write new ones. It's fine. Um, So anyway, newsletters. 174 episodes of this podcast we have recorded together. I would say 96% of them have gone perfectly. Not a hitch. No issues whatsoever. There have been a handful where we've had to like, you know, without you all knowing... Stop recording. Talk about something, you know, whatever. Or yeah. we disagreed on like how something was presented, but it's very small in the grand scheme of those episodes. Now, uh, oh, we also have our coaching sessions. Forty-seven coaching sessions we've done. Those are almost three hours each. Completely not seamless. a single disagreement in any of those. Right. So we work very well together. Right. Is what I'm trying to the point I'm trying to say. Right. Now we also have a YouTube channel yep. where we have filmed some videos, like the ones that we're embarking on. Yep. And I would say 15 is the appropriate number of those videos. All of them have sucked to work <laughs> on. And I think this should have been a red flag for us. And yeah. I knew it in the back of my mind, which is why I've been saying it in our email newsletters. Like, this is going to be a tough week. We've been talking about it. We've probably talked about on this podcast. And, like, it's going to be the hardest part of this. And
0: there was a part of it where we were like, so... Okay, great. I think that's really helpful. Yes, the backstory. Now, I want to go back to like...
1: Behind baseball is where I took everybody. Right.
0: So, we're, let's finish the behind baseball game. Let's come back to the chronological timeline.
1: Chronological? <laughs> <laughs> Something.
0: <laughs> the chronological timeline nice. is that Monday morning, we wake up. We're I can tell we both are like mentally gearing ourselves up. We're like, we're this just, is recording yeah. week. Ooh, we don't want ooh. this to be bad. We're like doing all the things we can to be in a good headspace. And then I decide that we were planning to go to the gym together because it's I always it just makes me feel better. We both feel better when we've been to the gym. But in the morning we have coffee. Jason answers emails like we kind of have this like hour of like quiet time before the gym. Right. And so before we go to the gym, I think to myself and I'm like, I think we need to get on the same page and and like that'll really help us. And so I, and so I turned to Jason. I'm like, Hey Jason, just so we're on the same page. Like I have a couple of videos that I want you to, and I knew that there was going to be some like discourse of a right. shared vision for how these videos could go. So I brought up a couple on YouTube. These and I were said, some
1: examples.
0: Example videos. And the only point that I was trying to make is I don't want to make these videos. I don't want to have like soup. They were pretty popular YouTubers. And,
1: and very like meticulously very edited. edited. And I was
0: like, just so you know, I don't want them this edited. I'm just, I was sharing it for, and there were a couple things I wanted to point out. And he was like, OK, good. I'm I'm really glad this is like that you did this because we could be on the same page and, you know, blah, 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 So that actually, I think, did set us off on a good foot where we were chatting. But then we sort of were like trying to talk it out where we could be like, here's where the vision that we see for both of these. And I think we were just bringing both a lot of anxiety to it right. where we didn't want it to go badly. We were trying to figure out how to make this work. Yeah. And so I remember before we even got to the gym, I remember we were sitting at the kitchen island and we were like, OK, just so we're clear, though, I don't want you to bring negative negativity. You don't want me to bring yeah. negativity. And in which trying is always
1: a great way trying, to do what? Bring negativity.
0: bring negativity in trying to prevent the negativity. We end up in this discussion at the kitchen Island. That's like feeling very negative. Yeah. And so we are like, okay, let's shake it off. That's okay. We, we both have the same goal here, which yeah. is th- to have this not suck. We do go to the gym. That ends up being great. We both get kind of our energy out, or whatever we walk back, we're chatting about stuff and then we sit down and we do this one hour, what we think is going to be one hour of punching up the scripts. The, the fatal flaw. There's so many fatal flaws. <laughs> but one of them is like, this This is the first time Jason is seeing the scripts, right. really. And Not because I
1: didn't want to, but just because... I, I was just in the creation yeah. cave
0: and also we have an entire business that needs to run and so he's doing yeah, other things. Two of them. And so pretty quickly, you know, he has thoughts and I am ha- feel some type of way about those thoughts and... Did, like how long do you think it took for it to kind of derail
1: 15 minutes
0: about 15 minutes before it we just got totally to the, would thir- I think the third line <laughs> yeah and i think it's a combination of things first of all i want to say i was trying very hard to be open to changes and also jason made it clear that he really wanted to add which i i also wanted this the whole idea was like the scripts are like the information that we want to get across right but Jason's going to come in and make it like funny, like that 10% entertaining, you know, which he always does so well. And so I, but he made it really clear to me, like don't dim my light. Like I just want to be able to be weird and silly. Well, yeah.
1: And I think a big part of this is also trying to figure out like, where do we walk the line? Because unboring is one of our brand values, Completely. right? And so it's like, it's what sets us apart from all the other online business coaches out there saying the exact same things. Start an email list, write blog posts, have a good sales page, do pre-marketing, Great content. Like we're all saying the same thing. We're just saying it with like a little bit of spice thrown on it with a little bit of like unicorn pizzazz thrown (laughs) into things and that's me, right? Like that's mostly what I bring to this. You bring the smart stuff, right? You're just like, here's how to do something smart. And it's like, that's great. But also like, here's also a little bit of funny aside to it so that someone's like, okay, you know, I learned something and it was funny. And so my whole thought was when we were going through these videos was, you know, for these to be us, if it's just an informational video, this is no offense to you, but it, it just would be boring. Uh, but like, I know that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so so I'm I'm trying to to bring the punching up and like the fun of it. Completely. But what happened was we started to get into this, and then it's like the script starts to pull away from educational into like my silliness. And then I think what's happening is like you're looking at it and you're you're seeing these things that I want to interject with, and like they, they are funny ideas, but you're like, but this is pulling someone out of like the information we want to get across
0: was never that actually wasn't my criticism the pulling out of because I had already made peace with the fact that like that could work as a format so I was fine with that it was more like the the lines started to bleed for us between like okay you would have thoughts about the educational content and like how how that could be better and then I would have thoughts about the entertainment content and be like oh that joke doesn't really land but both of us I feel like felt like okay, we're kind of, we did this whole thing where we had separate hats and we had separate purposes, but I don't think in my, like in retrospective, I don't think we each did a good job of being open to critic like critical feedback from the other person in our realm of expertise. Totally.
1: But I also think this is why we have so much trouble in filming videos like this is because it's never going to feel comfortable to have the other person workshop your part of it because you feel or know that like you do that part better right totally and that is what it is I think that is what really comes to the crux of the issue with these specific types of videos where it's a scripted video you're trying to deliver you specifically are trying to deliver helpful information I'm trying to deliver entertainment and just like break the user's attention span for a moment to make them laugh and and you know what it is
0: I just had this revelation this is not something that came to me on Monday but when you just described it that way I realize now why it causes so much like personal friction where it feels like it's bordering into this place where it's no longer because sometimes we can separate work and life you know like Mm -hmm. our people ask us that all the time how do you separate your work I mean sometimes we can be like business Caroline and Jason versus home Caroline and Jason sometimes they blend whatever but in this moment you just describing it that way made me realize like There's like a breach of trust almost that happens where if I criticize it, not criticize, but like if I give feedback on a joke, Mm -hmm. you're sort of like, oh, you don't trust me to be funny. That's sort of like my whole thing that I bring to the table. Mm -hmm. And if you give me feedback on like a concept or a point, I'm like, oh, you don't trust me to teach this? Like, that's sort of like my my whole shtick, you know? And so what ends up happening is it's not that both of us are so ego driven that we can't possibly receive feedback. It's that this is one of the uh, landmines of working with a spouse is that mentally and emotionally, it somehow also feels like you don't trust me.
1: Yeah. And I, I think it doesn't have to be a spouse. It's just like a working partnership, right? right? So it's like if you're working with anybody else now for all the solo porn owners who are listening to this, you don't have these problems. So this might not be you know super helpful for you. But I do think sharing this with you might make it feel better if you run into difficult parts of running your business where you're just like, it is so difficult to record Instagram reels. Like I just find so much friction in that process. And it might be because you, you haven't found a process that works for you, which I'd like to get to what we decided on, which I think has made us feel a lot better.
0: I do want to get to that. Yeah. Cause, but that's the solution. And yeah. I want to spend a little bit more time on in the mud, in the mud, because we spent a lot of freaking time in the mud on Monday <laughs> and I would need it to, I need this to is honor that mud. This is our
1: therapy. I session. need to honor that yeah. mud time. Thank you for coming to our therapy Thank session. Thank you for coming to
0: our therapy session. So, Pretty quickly we have the kind of friction of the two hats. I'll call that the two hats problem. Yeah. Which is like, okay, you kind of represent entertainment in the funny hat. The funny hat. And yeah. I sort of represent the teacher hat and Graduation they feel camp. they feel at odds. And I don't know in that moment, like for some reason, we haven't we hadn't yet in that moment figured out how to blend them and collaborate in a way where we like respect each other's hats that we bring to the table. They just felt like completely in, in co- combat with one another. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we were sort of like, okay, that's happening. On top of that, we have the whole scripted versus non-scripted thing happening, which yeah. is, um, you know, my instinct was to write a full script, f- not because I think that that's the best way to deliver information. Listen, I'm no actress. You know what I mean? Like, I don't actually enjoy delivering lines that are pre- scripted because it feels unnatural to me the reason I do it is because I believe it's economical for the viewer like I don't I know that I tend to be very verbose and on a podcast it doesn't matter because it's sort of like you have that time and space expectation but I don't want to deliver a message to someone who took time out of their day to watch a video and not be concise about the message I'm trying to get across so that's why I script because it gives me time to think and plan and see see exactly what I want to say. However, that becomes a problem because you have such an aversion to scripted content. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I mean, to me, this is a weakness that I just, I cannot deliver a line to save my life. You know, it's like, we were joking before the start. It's like, if I was an actor and they're like, hey man, here's your line. The pizza's ready. You're just saying it to a friend. And I'm like, (laughs) the pizza is ready. Like, what are you doing? Like, try it again. The pizza is ready. Like, hey, sir. (laughs) You've never
0: sounded like that in your entire life. Just talk to a friend.
1: Okay, I got this. Here we go, one more take. He's just ready! <laughs> and it's obviously not that bad, but it, it, it has been, and we've noticed this in the previous times we've recorded videos, when we have a script, I'm trying to deliver the helpful lines. I, it's just like, it's not the way my brain works. Like my brain is very much like an improv brain and yeah. it's very much just like playing along with and, and I'm fully okay with being the sidekick unless I'm the one filming the video from start to finish. Like we have videos on our Wandering Influ YouTube channel and obviously I have a whole past of filming videos. If I'm in control, I can deliver helpful content. It's the problem when I'm trying to deliver the way that you wrote it, which right. doesn't come from the way that I would say it. Right. It's just so difficult for my brain to process. And well,
0: and something happens where you're trying to remember the line or like even just the general idea of what you're trying to say in the line, which I feel like is hard for you yeah. already naturally. But then what happens is you're something happens where you're activating the part of your brain that's that's memory that's trying to remember the line. And it almost like brings the like common sense, like I'm a person offline yeah. in, a, in a way. And so you can you like when you finally get the line, you can deliver it. But at that point, it's just words stuck together. It's like you, it's like your brain is is not able to say the full combination of all those words next to each other in a way that is delivering the idea of what the expression is. <laughs> Does yeah. that make sense?
1: Yeah, totally. And, and so anyway, I think we got to this place in Monday. We had finally worked through three total scripts. Right. We, we slogged through it. But I think we finally got to a place where it was just like, I'm not gonna comment at all on the information. I'm just gonna let the teaching information be you. We had kind of decided you would be the main face on camera. And so the idea would be all 26 of these videos, you're gonna be the center stage of it. And then I'm gonna be the sidekick who like pops in from behind the scenes with like the funny interjections, like break things up. And and then at the end of the videos, we'll both be sitting together and we'll kind of just like wrap the video up, right? And that's a little bit more like, that doesn't have to be lines. That's just like, hey, thanks for watching, blah, blah, blah. So we got to this point and we were taking a break, and I had this thought in my mind. Can I go here, or do you want me to go somewhere I, else?
0: I have more places that I want you Are you, oh, okay. you going to say the solution again? Well, I'm just ready to move to the solution. I, there could not be a more appropriate <laughs> uh, example. example of the way that our brains work. I'm like, first of all, there's so much that happened. Yeah,
1: I just... I didn't feel... I mean, if you want to share more, we can. I just felt like...
0: I do, because I yeah. feel like it's so helpful. Because, again, I need the view, I need the listeners to understand... <laughs> The punchline here on Monday is we didn't turn on the camera for a single second. Right. Okay. I don't know if we've mentioned that yet. We didn't get a single second of the camera turned on. Yeah. And it's because, do you know what we did on Monday? We punched up three scripts and we talked for five fucking hours. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We talked for five hours. And I think that needs to be acknowledged (laughs) before we get to the grand solution that we came to at... 4.30 or 5 o'clock on Monday because first of all that that is something special Um, but because I do think that I'm actually in a weird way proud of that because I think that what also helps our personal relationship is when we encounter hurdles like this We do go down all the bubble caves to figure out what is going on so that we don't just brush it under the rug and keep going and then have the same thing happen. Like, I really needed to figure out what is happening here that we are not able to collaborate in, like, a conducive, productive way on this so that we don't run into this in the future. Like, I am always, like, at this point, this feels so cruddy that, like, I – Want to understand it so that I don't have to feel this way again. Yeah. And so, and we're also, I know we've talked about this before, but we are just, we both, you know, for whatever reason in our relationship, we had an unspoken rule that like when we fight, we don't yell. Yeah. We don't yell. We don't get heated. Um, well, that's not true. Sometimes we do get heated, but it's like in a like dysregulated emotional way. It's not like yeah. a taking it out on the other person type of way. And so what that ends up being is when we have disagreements, it does end up being like a lot of like very considered talking. Yeah. Um, but there were a couple of points that I just wanted to hit home before we c- arrived at the final solution, because I also think that that's not true. It's not like we just like hit this roadblock, took a break and came back and you had a light bulb moment.
1: Yeah, no. I was going to say my light bulb moment was when I. Oh, your it up. light
0: bulb moment was what derailed. Yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Say that. So okay, absolutely. So I was on the right path anyway. You
0: were. You did a great job.
1: Just for everyone. No, I was doing okay. I was still staying in the mud. I didn't get out of the mud. So we had this this three uh, script punching session, which basically took like two hours, and we thought it was going to take like thirty minutes per. Obviously, that we were wrong about that because we were finding all this friction amongst ourselves on, you know, deliver this line, deliver this funny thing. Is this funny? Is this line helpful? Blah blah blah. So we, we come to it and I'm I just, I'm having this moment and I think I'm in the kitchen, like, you know, getting lunch, you know, set up or something. And I was just like, oh, like I have this thought and I want to share it with Caroline. I feel like I might derail her if I share this, but it's like, it's an important thought for Did me Did you to actually share. think that? Cause oh yeah, absolutely, you, 100%. Because
0: the way that you came to it was like, you were so excited to No, 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 Tell no 100%. Okay. And,
1: and I've gotten to the point now in 13 years of being together, almost, there are some times when I don't have the filter, but almost always it's like, do I tell Caroline this? Because it might derail her, Yeah. but I have to make the decision on, do I think this is right? And this was one of those where I was like, I think this might derail, but I have to share it because it's actually helping me move forward from the three hours that we just spent that wasn't very much fun. Right. And so my point was that I brought up was like, hey, I am fully prepared to do these 26 videos this way. You are the teacher. I'm the sidekick. We'll punch it up. Listen, these videos are not going to be YouTube hits, like we're not right. trying to do that. Which like we both just,
0: agreed was never the point. It's just
1: trying to get through the project and not hating every second of it. Like yeah. that, that's very important for this. And I, my point was, I wanna do these 26 videos like this, but I never wanna record videos like this again. Mm-hmm. And we have got to learn, this is now like the third time we've done a batch of videos like these. It always sucks. Why are we doing this to ourselves? Mm -hmm. And so in bringing that up, I was like, I want this to be a point of positivity. Like (laughs) I'm ready to use this as like fuel for me to get through these 26 videos, get them uploaded. They will be helpful. They will be, they will have some funny moments. Are they as good as like Ali Abdel videos? No, we're not Ali Abdel. We're not trying to be that person. Our friend Matt Diavella makes killer videos. We're not Matt Diavella. like we're just us. We don't make videos full-time. We're gonna do the best we can. And so I was just like, I'm sharing this. I might derail her, but you were you were
0: like so excited to tell me this revelation because it,
1: it gave me motivation totally to like get through the project.
0: Yes, and I want you to know that I'm still glad. I always want to make space for you to share your authentic reaction mm. to what's happening. I do. Okay, good. I absolutely do. <laughs> My whole point is just like if if I'm making space for you to do that, we also have to make space for me to react in an authentic way, and that's not always going to be the way that you had hoped. But it's just it's. This is the crux of being in a relationship with two people is you're allowed to have your feelings. I'm allowed to have my feelings about your feelings. Yeah, Do you know what course. I mean? And so what I just want to share where I was emotionally when you came to me with that. So we've spent the morning, it's already taken longer, it's already like gone off the rails. I'm I'm trying to get myself reset still to like salvage this whole thing of like can we still record something today? Can we still get something out of this? And I'm taking a break and you know, Jason comes to me and he's like, and, and so, you know, I just have realized like, I never want to do this again. And a couple of like things that, that immediately made me feel number one, I'm not somebody who likes to just walk away from something. Like to me, it, it felt a little bit like throwing up your hands and saying like, we can't figure this out. And, and I just, that didn't make me feel good. It made me feel like, oh, you're just deciding that we, can't ever figure this out. And I didn't like the way that that made me feel. Of course, with time, I've now come around to the fact that I see where you're coming from, which is it shouldn't have to be so hard.
1: And it's not like I'm saying, I don't want to film YouTube videos together. It's that I don't want to do them this way. Like we are, we are better and smarter than this. Yeah. We should be able to come up with a different way to do them. That actually feels like our newsletters, our podcasts, our coaching sessions, like we can do all of those things almost flawlessly together. There's something wrong with this way of doing this, and, and like, I, it's and on I us to figure out. A understand way. now that
0: that's what you meant, but yeah. in the moment it felt like instead of figuring out what's going on, let's just like crush it and move on. Which again, this is the friction of our different perspectives in life, yeah. which are both valid perspectives and helpful perspectives. But this intersection of I want to dig in and figure it out and get better and practice and
1: you gotta you gotta understand. I am like a container store of black boxes in my (laughs) brain. I know that about you, There are so many shapes and sizes available that you can put any circumstance in life right in a black box and you can put it right on a. shelf. And you came back from lunch and you said,
0: I found a new box that I'm going to put this in. Ready to move on? And I said, I don't do boxes. Thank you so much. But so that was the first thing where I was just like disappointed of it felt a lot like, nope, throw up our hands. Can't figure this out. Move on.
1: Which is funny because in what I said, was let's do these 26 videos, I'm ready to commit to it, which is my personality, right? Like I can push through the difficult thing all the way to the end and it's not gonna stop me from getting it done with any less of me being in it. I just want it to be known that like at the end of this, I don't wanna do this again.
0: Right, yeah. And so the, um, but again, like even you just saying that right now, it's just so funny how our brains work differently because I'm like, that makes so much sense to you yeah but my point to you when you brought that to me was like but we haven't started (laughs) I'm like how like the way that you can't understand why it might be disheartening to me who's trying to work up the the mental discipline and motivation to get on camera and do a thing that already has been tainted and you're coming to me and being like I figured it out I hate this and we're never going to do it again. And I'm like, oh, we haven't even hit record yet. Like yeah. how am I supposed to be excited about like, I'm trying to like Rocky moment pep yeah. talk myself. And Jason's like, I got a but little in, bit for your pep talk. Fuck this. And I'm like, it, Hey man.
1: <laughs> but in my brain, it was so easy. Cause it was like, Ooh, one video done means only 25 to go. And I never have to do this again. Two videos done 24 to go. And I never have to do this again. Like it's a, it would be a motivator for me. Cause I see the finish line of never having to do this again.
0: And I think that, Reveals also how we approach things differently, which is you have the ability to move forward whether you love something or hate something. Right. So, so to you, you were like, "Uh, we're just gonna hit record, and it doesn't matter if I hate every second of this. I have the mental capacity to just do the actions to move forward." The
1: childhood trauma. <laughs>
0: yeah, I. Yeah, I have. You a were certain like, childhood "Hey, childhood so drama. sorry you don't have enough childhood trauma to just like march through this." No, No,
1: you have. <laughs> Childhood trauma, you just don't have this specific <laughs> childhood trauma. You got that... the
0: good kind, the kind that allows you to just move forward. Just push
1: right through. Ugh, what yeah. I
0: wouldn't give for that kind. Okay,
1: can I move to solution now? Or do we still have to play in the mud?
0: No, I think that, that was a lot of the mud. So okay. then I just want to share the last piece of the mud that I'll share is... Yeah. You can imagine that revelation did not elicit the response that Jason was hoping that it would. Um, and then I got to this place where I was in a, an emotional deficit, which doesn't happen that often anymore. But like I couldn't dig myself out of the negative feelings, feelings um, to, to work up the <laughs> the compartmentalization to be able to flip on a camera. Like yeah. I was like anything I record from this point forward is going to be absolute garbage because I do, I do not have it in me to fake it. And so then, then the guilt story starts, then the we've wasted a day story starts, then the like, I can't believe we, like, we're trying so hard to avoid this and it still happened. So then all of those judgments about how this all went start happening and I'm just like in, I'm in a mud pit now and I can't get out and then... You have the ability, you're like if I would have been like, hey, Jason, it's three pm. like oh I'm,
1: I'm like, literally you're ready. I'm on a horse like riding through the the the, the woods. Mud. yeah, no, no, I'm just riding through the woods, like I'm gone. You're in the mud in the mud pit stuck. and I'm just like,
0: let's go. Yeah, exactly. like if I would have said, okay, ready to record, you would have been like, yeah, let's go. And so then that guilt story starts, which is he's like this. I'm like this. Mm. Why am I like this? Why can't I push through? Like he does like that whole comparison thing, which is never good for us, but it happens. Um, And all of that's happening. And, you know, it, it's not dire. Like I don't want to be yeah, overdramatic. I'm just I'm just also, letting you know the realness is. Yeah. Just so you know, I was sitting in a corner of our couch. I had a fuzzy blanket on me, and I was just like, "How did this go so poorly?"
1: And also, we do come back to in these types of discussions. We're just like, "This is so dumb." Like, totally. It is such a ridiculous thing that we are getting so upset over. But I think many people listening to this can relate, whether it's business stuff or life stuff, like. Something can just derail you completely, and you just have to figure out. All right, how do I get out of this? Like, yeah. how do I get out of this? Well, that is one
0: thing that we do have in common: is we often comb- combat that in the same way, which is perspective. Yeah. So we take a step back and we're like, really, like w- uh, vi- video stu- videos that are going to get three hundred views on YouTube. We're making this a whole thing. Yeah. And so I think that perspective is helpful, but you also want to, you know, honor the fact that. These creative projects they unearth all of these little um, tributaries of these different conflicts that you've had, these different insecurities that you have, this baggage that you bring to different things, and like that's okay. That's what it means to be a complex human and to be in a relationship and to work with your spouse. Like those are the things that are going to happen. And as we touched on in the beginning of this episode, if you're trying new things in your business, you're going to you're going to run into new roadblocks.
1: Yeah. Let's get into the solution. Right. So. so
0: then we were like, I was like, I'm not going to end this day without at least a win. And to me, the win is if we're not doing it this way, because you're right, I, th- I had a couple of hours to think about what your big revelation and I was <laughs> like, the thing that I can take away and agree with is it shouldn't feel this hard. Yeah. And back to the whole title of this podcast, which is what is it all for? Like, what is it all for? What is a 26-day content blitz for if you hate The process exactly it's it's not worth it so we have to figure out a way I I needed to almost like grieve the fact that like we're not going to do this like other people and that's okay but what is the thing that we're going to do instead
1: yeah Yeah. And so I think we really sat down and just started thinking about it. And and that's actually where the revelation for me came up of the like 200 articles, 174 podcast episodes, 47 coaching sessions. And I'm like, we haven't had any problem with these. Like let's focus on the one that's closest to what we're trying to do, which is our coaching sessions. And so in our coaching sessions for our, our WAME members, we essentially do a keynote with like all these slides that have all like text on them and visuals and things. And it's very natural for us to just like, Boom, boom, boom. Like, click through the slides, talk over them. I threw in some funny bits. I just say the words that are on the slides. And listen, like, I know most of the things that we're talking about. I'm not a dumb person. I build online businesses myself. But there are some concepts and things that you want to deliver in a certain way that you've thought in your head that, like, I I don't know as well as you do. Yeah, I think the
0: best way to describe it is you know all the raw materials because it's the experience that you've gained. Yeah but my teacher hat comes in and I organize it in a way that I can teach it to someone, right? Yeah. So you may not know the fr- the exact way that I've organized it, right. but you know all the information.
1: Exactly. And and so it's it's one of those things where we started to think about, we're like, okay, well, these coaching sessions actually go very smoothly. And what is smooth about them? Well, part of it is like, we don't feel like we're delivering lines. Yeah. You're just reading things that are on screen. And then like, I can ad-lib little stuff. It's like prompts. Exactly. And you can deliver on ones, and we've already started talking about this. Like we have uh, you know, one video that we want to record is on a certain topic that you went through it yesterday. And it was just like the way that you did it when you went through it, I'm like, let's just do that. Like hundred percent. If we just hit record on that, I think you talked for like three minutes quickly. It's helpful. It's done. Like, I just want it to be over. So as we were sitting on Monday, kind of going through this process, what we kind of got to was, well, what if we did it this style where it's the two of us sitting with mics casually clicking through slides, reading what's on the slides, it's a little more fast paced. Like we're not trying to deliver lines. We're just trying to get the point across that's on screen. And then like I'm throwing in maybe little interjections here and there, and then it's just done. And so it's not like this beautiful like shot of like a person sitting at a desk on camera and delivering lines. It's us as like a talking bubble, like a little video bubble, like a loom video recording. And then there's the keynote slides. And like, those are the impact, those are the information. And like, what about that being a solution for doing this?
0: Totally. And I think my way that I came around to that idea is the, one of the discoveries that we made, which was this whole tension between entertainment and education. Like if you bring the entertainment and I bring the education, why do those things always feel like they're at odds instead of working together? And I realized that the one place in our business that I feel like they work together the best and the most seamless is in our coaching sessions. It's unborn coaching for a reason. Our members always have a good time live. They There's always laughter. There's always fun. And yet, there's always some concept that is a light bulb moment for someone. And so to me, we've done our job if we can produce some type of content that has both a light bulb moment and laughter to me. So that's what we're aiming for. And if the coaching sessions are the closest we've, we get, then... As much as I had this idea that I wanted to try to make this other type of video, and as much as I have the sunk cost bias of writing however many 11, 12 scripts, I have to sit there and admit this isn't working. This other thing does seem to work for us. I don't know if it'll be valuable for someone. I don't know if it'll keep someone's attention, but I know that at this point, I'd I'd be willing to at least try it because this other way is never going to get us anywhere. Yeah.
1: And I I think this is a great example of like, if you run into a roadblock in your business and you're trying to do something and it's adjacent to something that you already stop, it's, it's to something you already do. So for us, it's like these YouTube videos that we're trying to put educational, entertaining content out in like a five minute format, they are adjacent to what we're doing in our coaching sessions in a very like micro format because our coaching sessions are three hours long. These are five minutes.
0: And in that way, it makes so much sense, right? Because it's like-
1: And so I was just like, hold on a second. As we were talking about this, like let's just do the style that we already do that we're comfortable with that works on YouTube. Yes, it is not what YouTube wants. It is not the flashy, like, you know, beautiful, like studio shot with a person sitting and like all these graphics coming on board. But you know what? Who cares? Like, I think this is a perfect example of- it's probably going to drive the exact same result right. of 300 to 500 views per video. With you know our goal internally that we talked about this the other day, like at the end of this 26 day content blitz, if we get 500 new email subscribers that we can clearly tie to, they come through the landing page for this thing that we're building from the YouTube videos. That's a win. Like I am so happy, and I think that would happen whether it's the scripted talking head version that like everyone does on YouTube versus like our coaching light version where it's, you know, more slides and things like that. I think it's still going to work.
0: Yeah. Well, that's where, so I know I spent like a lot of time talking about the mud, Yeah. but that's the reason that I spent so much time talking about that is because I did finally arrive at this place where now I'm very excited about this direction. And sometimes you have to go through that, you know, dark night of the soul to come to a new idea. (laughs) And the more that you, the more that I allowed myself to sit with this, like, what if, what if they were just like this? I got more excited about it because of all the reasons you just said, it's a mini coaching session, which is like, if the whole point of this is pre-marketing for our program, why would we not want, like, we would want to attract the type of person who is going to sit through a coaching session, right? So that makes sense. Um, Also... We talk about this a lot, but I guess I just needed to like take my own medicine for a second, which is the best content format is the one that is sustainable for you. So, you know, even if we, because I I think going back to what I said about like, I had this desire to be like, well, if if this is so hard right now, the scripted idea, why can't we just practice and get better at it? That was sort of like my idea was we just haven't done this enough to like get better at it. But if it's this hard in the beginning, let's say it gets 15% 15% easier over time with practice. Is that ever really going to be sustainable? Like, let's say that we did 26 videos in the scripted way. We slogged through it. We we fought the whole time and we produced these videos and people loved them. Okay. Let's just say that that's the thing. Well, now you've trapped yourself yeah because you've you've done something that is not quite authentic or natural to you you've now trapped yourself in a thing where you're gonna want to continue to do that format and you're gonna hate it the whole time
1: this is this has been something we've talked about for years I like, called the career dungeon yeah which is like, don't start, uh, you know, an Etsy business if you absolutely hate selling things on Etsy. Right. Like, why do that to yourself? You're
0: literally building a box of, of dissatisfaction around you. Now,
1: if you have a container store of black boxes in your mind, maybe that Put it works. there. But yeah, I think this is a really important realization that, you know, you would get to this point at the end of this project and we would say, great, so we're seeing these videos are getting thousands of views. Now we have to keep making videos like this this is something we do not look forward to at all every single week of our lives we don't have anything like that yeah. on, on our docket right now for our business like why would we do this why to start ourselves now?
0: and then and then i finally came around and was like okay well what do i like doing i love teaching yeah i love presenting information I actually think slides are more helpful for me because they keep me on point yeah. because I tend to go off the rails.
1: Yeah, and I think- And
0: e- I love designing and I get to actually do visuals.
1: Yeah, it's kind of funny because if you look at some of the like most popular online business shorts on YouTube right now, they basically are slides- but with like a person on them. So it's like, you have a visual that comes on, you have text that comes on, but it's like, it's always things to kind of keep your visual attention where it's not just someone sitting in front on camera, which is what longer form YouTube videos are. So I think what's kind of interesting about this is like, it's kind of bringing what works in like shorts to longer form videos, where it's like slides that are more like action packed that you're getting through them. So I think it's actually kind of interesting to see as a a departure from what a lot of people do in the space of long form content to kind of what some people are doing in short form content to keep your attention. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm actually very interested in this. Uh, it's also kind of fun, I think, as we started to get through this yesterday, we took this, so Monday, we kind of agreed on this idea. We, you loosely took our first script, put it in keynote and and, and kind of like, let me see how long this would take to kind right. of build a keynote out of this that we would then talk about to see like, could we do this 25 more times? Right. And what would that time look like? So you did that and we we got it to a place that it was like to look at on the big screen, as we like to do. And we started clicking through it. And I think we were both like, yeah, this is good. Like this actually feels like we can stick to this, we can do it. So tomorrow we're going to come back to this and we're going to see you've already spent all this time on these other scripts. What does it take to then turn those into keynotes? What does it take to turn all that information you've already taken the work for and not have lines to read, but have points to get across?
0: And then we also practice, what would it look like for you to take the scripts right. and do the rough version? Because then not all of the create creation uh, time is on my plate. And so you were like, what can I get done in an hour and a half? And you did a great job.
1: Yeah, and and I think this is also, it goes back to like, what works well with our newsletters? If I just do the first draft. So I can just put stuff in there, it's not great. I'm kind of using the same formatting over and over, but I'm trying to add little things to just like help give you some ideas of like how you can visually make slides look different. Because I think if I just put text on every single slide, it's not that helpful but I'm trying my best. I'm finding gifs and finding little stickers. Like it's what I do in our coaching sessions as well. And I felt myself actually like enjoying that process yesterday. Right. Yep. As opposed to when we sat down to punch up a script, it's not enjoyable. No. <laughs> and, and I think that that's a big like green flag to notice. We're right. like, okay, the, the building part of this is actually kind of fun. So where we are now, can we get people caught up? To I want to go now?
0: where we are now. And then to wrap up the episode, because I do want to get to Calm Business Confidential, and I know yeah. we've already talked for a while. I want to also talk about what do we think our lessons are from this roadblock.
1: Fantastic. From the mud. So where we are now, is that what I'm going to? Yes. Great. So where we are now is we have three or four of these keynotes in various states, I think four of them, in various states of completion. One
0: is done. One, one has, is
1: done, meaning like ready to record. Ready to
0: record. One is rough, meaning just the the information with no rule design, but just the general slides. Yeah. Two are Jason first draft. Jason first draft. So yeah. they need designing and animation. So
1: we have five more scripts that you have finished that I can first draft today, mm-hmm. which is going to be my goal is to get all five of those first drafted. And what we came to is that it takes about thirty to forty five minutes for me to do the first draft, depending on the length of the script. Um so that's like four to five hours of work for me today that I have ahead of myself. But I
0: do think this is a good um process because I'm timing myself right now of what does it take for me to get all four of those first scripts to the completion. Yeah. And I'm trying to do it in under an hour and a half. Yeah. Which actually is much better total time than just going from start to finish an hour and a half for each one. Does right. that make sense?
1: So we're gonna get the goal by the end of the day today is four will be completed fully by ready you. to record tomorrow. I will have five in my first draft state by the end of the day. Tomorrow we'll sit down and record the first four Mm -hmm. and we'll see what that feels like. And then while I'm then doing a rough edit of the first first one for sure, but maybe all four if we like it, you can then be going in and going and working on the Jason first draft ones that we can continue to then the following day, do some recording, you know, kind of keep that process going where we haven't really figured out is what do we do about the uh, 17 scripts that don't have any information yet written in them and do those get bullets those get notes those go straight into keynote and we're trying to figure those out so that's going to be kind of the next thing which maybe you'll hear us talk about next week on like okay what do we do next you know like how did we figure out the process
0: i don't think you know this but there's like nine or ten beyond those done scripts that have at least bullets in them
1: like like multiple bullets. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. So that's, I don't I don't know if you knew that. No, no, I don't look at those. Yeah, they're not just empty. To. They're
0: not just empty documents. They have. Yeah. I don't of I don't
1: points. poke around your Notion pages unless I'm told to because I <laughs> you know, I might delete something you know I don't want to get in trouble. <sighs> so anyway, I think the the takeaway before we get to the lessons learned is, it feels good that we slogged through the mud of this project yeah. it sucked on Monday for sure but I think if anybody listening to this has had a sucky day that you got all the way through you realize on the other side of that sucky day oh I I'm glad because now I have a way to look at this work that I'm doing it doesn't have to be, be so painful and maybe I'm leaving behind something that I was dragging along totally that I do not need to drag anymore and for me it's filming talking head scripted videos no more of those for us.
0: Yeah. For me, it's like, I know there was a point on Monday when I felt like, man, what a waste of a day. But with a few days under my belt and distance, I can see, wouldn't you pay the price of eight hours to figure out how to save yourself a hundred hours of doing something that you didn't want to do?
1: And more moving forward, right? Exactly. If you trapped yourself into something. Wouldn't that like, be a, yeah. w-
0: a worthy price? So I did look at it that way where it was like, it felt like, you know, "Quote unquote unproductive at the time. Yeah. It felt like, oh my gosh, like we had all these plans and now we've set ourselves back a day and you know there's tension, whatever. But because we were willing to talk through it and get to the bottom of it and really not put it in a box and move on, yeah, yeah. because we were willing to come to look for a more creative solution. I do feel like ultimately we've saved ourselves from." boxing ourselves into a content corner that we didn't want to be in.
1: Listen, in the container store of black boxes, that doesn't mean the black boxes are like in an abyss. Like you can go and take one off a shelf. It's just some of them, they're buried deep, you know? <laughs> we know. You're going to have to- <laughs> They're
0: very deep in bubble caves and you have to go find them. Yeah, you find
1: them. Shout out to last episode. Uh, big lessons learned, takeaways. What do you want to share?
0: A couple of lessons that even if you're not doing a content project or even, you know, not working with someone, a couple of things that I think I take away from this. Um, number one, when you keep hitting a roadblock in your business and you, your instinct is like, well, I should just figure out a way to push through this. I mean, there comes a point where you've hit it so many times that you just go, is there a different path that Mm -hmm. I'm not seeing to go around this? And the truth is that other path is probably going to require you to make a choice that feels maybe a little unconventional, Mm -hmm. maybe a little different, maybe not so you know, strategic or what's expected of you or what you should be doing. But, you know, I think it's really worth considering taking that alternative path if it means that you can find less friction on that road. Yeah, yeah. And that's what we did.
1: Yeah. Um, it reminds me of the first time I went into the Lionel Coliseum in Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah. And I was just getting my butt kicked because is very difficult to beat. And what I realized was if I built a fire before I started fighting the Lionels, fire creates an updraft, like a big enough fire, I'll always have an updraft and I can shoot arrows and I can beat the lionels and I can always go back to my fire and use it as an updraft. It made it so much easier. So, so you got to y-
0: start by creating the updraft.
1: You got to start is by creating what whatever updraft. Yeah. Whatever updraft is going to help you get through that thing or creates a different way of doing it because that's the thing. I could create a different way to beat that right. part of that game.
0: So keynote <laughs> is our updraft. Is that, am I right? Keynote
1: is our updraft. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. In this metaphor. In this metaphor. Yeah.
0: Um, I think the second thing is to really be careful when you. This is a lesson for me specifically. Okay. To be careful when you find yourself trying to follow a blueprint. Yeah. Because. And
1: this is where comparison is. It's dangerous. Tricky. Yeah,
0: for sure. You know, I I am a person who I I I like to consume YouTube. That is my con- consumption of choice because I love to learn. I learn a lot. Um, and I see what a good quote unquote, good video feels mm-hmm. like one that keeps my attention, one that feels like it's not clickbaity, one that feels like I learned something. And when you're a creative person, you know, it's the whole, I think it's the ivory glass thing of the gap. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, of like, yeah, of course. when you're a creative person, there's this gap between your taste yep. and what your skill level can produce. And so my taste of what makes a good YouTube video is way up here, very high. And my uh, skill and ability of trying to follow that particular blueprint is way down here low. Yeah. And I think that what happened in this process was I was trying to just go, well, if we can make these 26 videos and I can get better at that, why wouldn't I do that? And the mistake I was making was believing that I had to go off of that blueprint. Mm -hmm. And it goes back to what we were saying about like, who says that a good YouTube video has to be scripted? Yeah. Who says that a good YouTube video has to be anything like, again, you're never going to find that unique DNA that is singularly yours. If you don't risk going out on a limb and doing something that you think might not work, Yeah, you have to be willing to kind of like try that stuff. That's not based on a blueprint, feel the vulnerability of creating your own blueprint in order to reap the spoils on the other side of developing a whole new way that is uniquely yours. Yeah.
1: Great. Love those lessons learned. Let's move into Calm Business Confidential because we're oh already at gosh. the 50-minute uh, mark. I know. So That's we're going to need to, uh, for the listeners, scooch this thing right along. Okay. Um, would you like me to go first? I
0: would because my Notes app is not updating and ah. um, to my phone. Fantastic. So let's hope that it figures out how to do that.
1: All right. So I have to admit, also, if you don't know what the Calm Business Confidential is, this is a new segment where we highlight Business owners that run businesses that we feel like are calm in ethos, uh, they're, the parameters are that they are making some money with their business. It doesn't have to be a lot, but it does have to be less than like 1.5 million a year. I'm pushing that boundary uh, with this, but that's okay because I get a pass. Excuse me and I'll explain why. Okay. Oh,
0: well, you went bigger?
1: Uh, kind of. Okay. A little bit. All right. It wouldn't have been bigger a year ago. I don't think. I don't know.
0: Well, um, it's not I, a Eureka So Jason? I'm
1: kind of cheating. I wanted to highlight a business that uh was on my list from the very beginning. I could not find any backstory information. I did a ton of googling. There are no interviews with the founders. They don't have any blog posts before or after like 2015. They've just like quietly been building this business. This
0: isn't just a calm business. This is an invisible this business. This is an invisible
1: business. And I think they're doing well. Like they've been doing this for a while. And maybe I'll bring them up later because I might just send them questions.
0: Yeah. Why don't you do that? I think
1: I'm going to do that because She's I say, hey, love I their want to business. feature you. Exactly. Yeah. In this podcast that like seven people listen to.
0: Yeah. 12. Uh, I think we're up to 12, Jace.
1: We might be in the 20s, but definitely there's a cinnamon roll army that's around here. So I'm going to cinnamon cheat.
0: Cinnamon lolers. Stop.
1: I'm going to cheat slightly. Okay. But I think you'll agree it's an okay cheat. I would like to talk about Paul Jarvis <gasps> and Jack Ellis's Fathom Analytics. Never heard of them. Never heard of it. <laughs> Uh, Caroline is being facetious because for those of you who don't know, back in 2014, Paul Jarvis and I ran a podcast called Invisible Office Hours. And
0: you were internet boyfriends and we loved you. We were
1: internet boyfriends. And in that time, for many years, I would say probably four years, we worked on a couple courses together. We built two separate small SaaS products together. There was, of course, books. Different
0: than SaaS products.
1: And your pack, which both still exist. Those were actually both sold with tiny little exits. And uh, we had a great time working together. But uh, we kind of like moved on from working together because we built so many things. Right. And we were ready, you and I, to work on. You consciously uncoupled. On Wayne, yes. Um, So a little bit of backstory. So in 2016, while Paul and I were still working, I remember he was on Twitter uh, and he shared a screenshot of what a nice, beautiful, simple analytics dashboard could look like. Yeah. And this tweet went, Kind of viral. I mean, like you probably wouldn't think it was like as viral as like things would go, but for like one of Paul's tweets, like it went pretty bonkers. Question from yeah. the
0: crowd: It was just, was it something he was designing, or it it just
1: literally one day he was like, I just want to design oh, okay. what like a, a good analytics dashboard because Google
0: Analytics is looks so like trash, trashy,
1: trash, okay. straight up garbage. Okay. And so he tweeted this, and a bunch of people wrote back, and they were like, "This looks great. I want to do this." 2016. Okay. Okay. Uh, we were still working on projects together at that time we uh he was working on his uh creative class and chimp courses so he was very busy different era different era and i think it was like 2017 or 18 that paul kind of started building it a little bit with a co-founder and it just like it didn't they didn't get too far with it i think they ended up building like a uh, Open sourced version that wasn't for sale. It was just anybody could use it, but you had to be super technical because you had to like install it yourself and, and whatever. So that was the very beginning of it. And again, I'm trying to cobble together some memories because Paul canceled his Twitter, so like you can't go back and look at it. <laughs> and I wasn't going to listen to like a ton of interviews of Paul because like I know Paul pretty well, so I'll get most of this right. <laughs> but also because he's Paul, Paul started working on another SaaS product called Pico. Do you remember Pico?
0: I do remember Pico. So
1: Pico was a Medium.com competitor. And we both were writing on Medium. We both liked it. And then it just turned into this like growth hack website. And like all the articles just became listicles. And like it just kind of got gross. And then they started adding in lots of features. Then they started charging for it. And it was just like, what happened to this simple, beautiful writing app? And so Paul built Boy, I do
0: remember when the era when Medium was like new on the scene. And it was like, whoa, what are we doing? For
1: those of you who don't know, I did a... 60 day daily journal to build up to my buy my future project which is still on medium you can still find it and like that was one of the best build in public things i had ever done to launch I think that, that project
0: was your first real like taste of build in public you loved that
1: yeah um so anyway in 2000 i think it was like 2018 ish um pico sold P- paul sold pico to ghost which is a blogging platform mm-hmm. and Paul was ready to kind of like move all in on Fathom because he was starting to get excited about it, starting attraction. He changed co-founders to a guy named Jack Ellis, who's a younger guy. But I think Paul and Jack really had like a really um, good uh, match of personalities where Mm -hmm. I think his first co-founder maybe didn't. So that was in 2019. In 2020, Paul basically disappeared from the internet again. Love that. So this is when he, uh, I think he ended in 2020. This is when Sunday Dispatches, his awesome newsletter that had been going for you know almost 10 years, uh, he was he just like peace out internet. Yeah, he was just like I'm done with this. I don't want to be a thought leader anymore, which is basically like what you become when you have a newsletter for 10 years, and was just focusing on Fathom kind of behind the scenes. So they launched on Product Hunt. Uh, they and I think they actually launched on Product Hunt in 2018 with the first version. And then the second version had an official launch uh, in 2020. But if you remember correctly, there was a big thing that happened in 2020, especially in the U.S. and North America. Do you remember what it was? GDPR. GDPR. And this was the time when everyone was starting to realize, like, oh, Google Analytics is causing a lot of trouble because they're tracking all this user data. I don't really want to do this. I have to like figure this out for my site. And Fathom kind of solved that because you could just turn off Google Analytics, turn on Fathom, and you didn't have to do anything to be GDPR compliant. They were just compliant because out of the box. Because you weren't tracking. Exactly, so Fathom's whole thing is they're like a privacy first analytics. They're not storing user data. They're not uh, cooking your users. They're just tracking things that are happening on the website and it has nothing to do with the, the users. People. It's so just like how many people. pings are you getting? Yeah. So, so, Fathom had been up for a couple of years at that time. If
0: they need me to, by the way, if they need to outsource to me to explain how their um, software works, how many pings you're getting, oh, okay, cool. um, they can use I me. I think they, they need want.
1: that. I think they're doing oh, pretty well at this point. Okay. Uh, so, from 20, 2021 to 2023, Fathom really exploded in growth. Um, and what I love is that it's almost exclusively product led growth. But it's also interestingly because it's a big, huge, business in this space self-destructing so google analytics like in some ways just destroyed itself and i think intentionally because they just don't want to be in this business Mm -hmm. but they moved to the ga4 product or whatever Mm -hmm. and everybody to a t is just like this product is worse trash like it, why did we have to move to this? It doesn't track things like building a dashboard in it. Like I tried to do it the other day. And I'm like, what am I even looking at? This is so difficult to Mm -hmm. figure out. So basically what they've done is they've leaned on like, do you want to switch away from GA4? Like this is too difficult. It's not helpful. Don't you just want simpler analytics that are GDPR compliant, all this stuff. And I think that has been a huge opportunity for them. And I think it's a great business lesson to learn of like when the big company in the space is doing all the things that are pissing off all their customers, that's You can carve out a, arbitrage? No. You can carve out a, I was trying, You can carve out a huge opportunity where you do the things that people like that that thing did and then don't do anything else. Yeah. Um, so I don't know the numbers from Fathom. I wasn't going to ask Paul, but very conservatively, just based on some of the things that I've read and seen, if they have 10,000 customers at the $14 per month uh, level, and I think that's extremely conservative at this point. I think that's probably where they were a couple of years ago. That's $140,000 a month or $1.6 million per year. So I think they're very much beyond that. Uh, But it's been really fun to watch this. We've been using Fathom since day one.
0: Yeah. I would also just love to know from Paul, what um, amount does he contribute disappearing from outward-facing content and marketing and basically... Basically what I'm asking is, was the decision to kind of no longer put any time, energy, and attention towards building a personal brand, was that actually the best marketing thing he could have done? Because it actually gave him the space, time, yeah, attention, sure. and energy to put it into this and app uh, yeah, and actually I think, I think too, it.
1: like selling both of his courses, so getting out from Creative Class, getting out from Chimp Essentials, it's like everything we did to move into Wayne, right? It's right. just like the consolidation. And I think anybody who has built multiple things and tried to juggle them at the same time, you eventually are just like, this has got to be simpler. I just, it's too many things.
0: And I think this is, we talk about this a lot of, I, I think there's an inhaling and an exhaling. There's a expansion and contraction that happens over the course of your career as a creator, where sometimes you're in a season of expansion where you need to launch that new class or you need to try and it needs to be more complicated because you're testing things and you're tasting things and you're trying things and you're just sort of seeing what sticks. I think expansion, and complication. makes sense there because you're trying. Then you arrive at this place where it feels overwhelming and overly complex. So you ask yourself of those things that I just branched out, which has the ability to get me farther? What do I like the most? So you naturally simplify again. But I just think over the course of time, it's always going to be that dance between branching out and then simplifying and then branching out and then simplifying. And that, that I think is kind of natural.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I've definitely listened to a couple podcast episodes because they have their own podcast called Above Board, and they talk about you know running a SaaS business is difficult. You have complications, you have technical challenges, but it definitely seems like Paul has found like a calm business to run. It's something that's in demand. It's not an online course that takes like a lot of you know convincing to sell to someone Mm -hmm. it's just this is a tool we talk about this all the time with tea tree like it is a tool do you want to use this tool great sign up for the tool like it doesn't have to sell you on all of the the problems it's going to solve in your life and i'm not saying there's anything wrong with that i'm just saying it is a bit easier when you create a tool that people want Mm -hmm. to sell it so Congrats cool. to Paul and Jack. Uh, it's been fun to watch. And honestly, we I use Fathom as our main analytics platform, and I don't even know why we have Google Analytics installed anymore because I never look at it. I tried to go and look at it for historical data for a, a article that we were writing. Couldn't do it. I literally couldn't even figure out how to do it. So like, what's the point of even having this anymore? It doesn't exactly. make sense. All right. Who is your Calm Business Confidential, Great ma'am? one, babe.
0: Um, love walking down memory lane as well.
1: I figured you would, even though it was a little bit of a cheat, but- You know, it's
0: fine. (laughs) Okay. My Calm Business Confidential, I specifically this time went looking for a specific type of business. Nice. And the type of business that I wanted to find was someone who was having some success on Patreon.
1: Ooh. Because
0: I know we have a lot of artists, we have a lot of content creators in our community. And we don't play in that space necessarily, but I was interested to know, like, could I find an interesting, cool, calm business in kind of the Patreon realm? Cool. Well, little did I know. First of all, found a lot of cool Patreon businesses. Nice. But the one that I wanted to highlight um, is someone by the name of Paloma the Peach. Okay. Do you know Paloma the Peach? No, of course okay. not. Paloma the Peach is a.k.a. Paloma Card- Cordova. Who whose pronouns are she, they, by the way. Cut. But Paloma is an artist and an illustrator who grew up in South Texas, currently based out of Houston. Um, and she says, I'm hugely inspired by my childhood and experience as a Mexican woman. Um, she immigrated here as a child and she's also inspired by all things nature and of course my lovely pets. Okay, so... Paloma is just an artist and an illustrator. And I'm actually really upset that I didn't find her sooner because I checked out her Instagram and she's definitely someone who I would have been incredibly inspired by when I was Mm. more in my art era. Um, But what's really cool about her story that I think is just um, the evolution of her business as an artist. And I think some of our artist listeners will find it interesting. So, um, the origin of basically her online presence as an artist is Can
1: that bring your mic down a little bit Your.
0: Well, I think it's because I'm melting. Yeah. 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 Man. Um, the origin of her art and illustration career. And I'm, I hope I'm going to get some of this right, but I did, I was able to do a little bit of research, but her father gifted her a cricket machine. Do you know what a cricket machine is, Chase?
1: A cricket machine? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like a printer.
0: Yeah. Like, yeah. A, but it's like for like, It does complex cuts and and vinyls and things things. exactly. So her father, as a person
1: whose first job was at a sign shop, I have have stayed in the the know a little bit. Okay, okay, okay.
0: Her father gifted her a Cricut machine as a way of lifting her from like a depressive season, and she sees the opportunity by launching her online sticker shop in mid 2019. Okay, so she launches a sticker shop. Shop and also, I'm now just remembering with turtle tags, like, I'm really on the sticker train, I guess. Yeah, the sticker to online business pipeline is is, really getting getting me right now. Um, and so I am. I was trying to piece together her business because she now has all these multiple streams of revenue, which I think is really inspiring, but I'm trying to actually, there was a part of me that was like, is this a calm business? Because it's a lot. Like she does YouTube. She has a Patreon. She has a shop and it's all these different revenue streams. And I was like, this is a lot. But then I realized it was very organic. I think how it all came about. Mm -hmm. So launches the stickers and kind of grows a little bit of an audience of people enjoying her art and things like that. And then I guess um, in late 2019, she decided to start YouTube, I think as a way of like promoting her stickers and things like that. she also is quite a bit younger than us. Like I think she's in her early 20s. And so I, I read in an interview that she said she's had her channel since she was 15. Wow. But didn't post on it for like many years. Um so, incredible. So I think her oldest video that I saw on her channel was actually 2019. So like she had the channel since 2014. But then yeah. 2019 she starts posting behind the scenes and art and all that stuff. And now like I mean incredibly prolific. I think she does um, art videos like maybe every week. I think it slows down a little bit. Um, which I think I was checking in on her Instagram too. I think this happens with any artist who decides to monetize their craft. I think you inevitably hit periods of burnout or you, you know, kind of like lose your inspiration a little bit. So I think that's a natural part of the mm-hmm. process, but I do think it's really inspiring to only have started like four years ago. She, okay. So here's the, the Patreon, which was my way in, right? Yeah. She currently has a thousand patrons. Wow. In multiple tiers, right? Um, but the let's say the most popular tier is the five dollar tier. That's fifty two. That's fifty two hundred dollars a month at the minimum. Just in Patreon. Just in Patreon. Like yeah. I think the tool that I actually looked at says she could be making anywhere between three and eleven thousand dollars per yeah. month just from Patreon. Yeah, okay, that's, great. that's not only her shop sales. That's not including um, brand sponsorships from her YouTube content. That's not including YouTube AdSense. Yep. So like multiple revenue streams, which is really cool. Um, but I will say the one thing that I, I think it's just really cool regardless. And the reason I wanted to bring it as a calm business confidential is anyone who can, take their creativity and turn it into their full-time business. I don't think that's the right path for everyone. Mm -hmm. I think some people want to leave their creative pursuits non-monetized so that they can really enjoy them. But I think other people are like, if I could find a way to earn a living doing the thing I love to do all the time, why wouldn't I do that? I I think there's pros and cons to each. And I wanted to share it because I do think it's inspiring. And if you're looking, if you are an artist and you want to grow your Patreon, if you want to see someone who has done it effectively check out Paloma the Peach and see kind of like the different channels that she's done in order to get there um, but it is a lot of content yeah 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 like I was just I really do think that part of the the um, and I don't know I'd be interested to hear what you think about this but I think part of the contract that you make as someone who just purely wants to make art and make it monetized is you do have to kind of rely on content because it's not like a course where you can really trade on, on, um, inherent value, right. Of business knowledge or something. It's very easy to tie that to value, but with content, you are almost like you have to almost think of yourself as an entertainer. Mm -hmm. Like the value you provide is in, well, it could be fellow artists are getting like, but it could just be art lovers, right. That are, that love your illustrations and get joy out of it and whatever. Um, but I think, You are making an agreement that in order to market your business, you're going to have to make a lot of content. Yeah, what do you think about
1: that? I think making it as a create like super creative focused business, you have to be prolific with content. Right. It's just it's not the same where like the advice we give for an online business is like make eight to ten foundation articles, have a weekly email newsletter or a podcast or a YouTube channel, you know, then sprinkle in some social media and just like slowly but surely, people will find you. It's like, because you're solving a problem. So people are gonna right. be searching for that problem, they'll find you. People aren't solving, searching for a problem when they're finding art. Right. It's very much like a, it has to come up for them. And the only reason it comes up is because so much of it is getting created by the, the person who's making it. And I think that is just something that as a creative person, I really, I truly believe this. I don't think there's another way. And yeah. I think this is the same for like, go back a hundred years in time. Prolific painters who we all knew well today, they were painting constantly they were sculpting constantly they were there's so much of their art that never saw the light of day or that did and people didn't even really notice but it was just it was just a war of attrition like they just had to keep going and keep going and keep going until all of a sudden enough people had seen it right. that's like oh this is important work like that we should revere this basically yeah
0: and maybe that goes back to everything we were talking about in this episode which is that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to do content like other artists do it. You don't have like you may not have to do these incredibly cinematic well-edited you know studio vlogs where it's like every angle of you painting mm-hmm. or whatever. Like maybe there's a way for you to get creative of what's your keynote solution yeah. to doing that. So is it just I flip on the camera, I do a speed paint or I do a a time lapse or I do just you know watch me paint or I do live videos where people can come and paint like I think there's some creativity to be had in how you how you figure out a way to document your creation process in a way that maybe takes a lot less time of editing and things like that. But
1: but you still have to do it. Yeah. yeah. And I do
0: think though, going back to your, your, what you said about like, you're not telling up a, a pro like you're not solving a problem, but I do think what I would tell people is there is value in asking yourself. You, It's not the same as an in, in information business, but you are solving some problems. So I think figuring out, is the problem you're solving for your audience that they want to feel inspired to do their own art is the problem that you're solving that they want to learn how to get better technically at their art. Is it that they um, feel anxious and actually art is the thing that calms them down and gives them time to themselves? Like, like why are people even interacting with your stuff? And if you can figure that out and kind of get a gauge on your audience of what is it that brings them to your things then I do think that that can give you a better idea of how to create content because right then it changes from like okay I'm gonna do a live stream where I QA and a about my tools if it's the people who are coming to you for technical stuff right Right. or if it's just the if people are coming to you for stress relief I'm gonna do a one-hour paint with me where we listen to calm music and we all paint together right right? so there's like there is a little bit of problem solution that I think can guide your content in a way that then you could do some type of patreon
1: great all right that's the column business confidential for this week as always if you have ideas for us of column businesses that have a unique twist a good story send them at slash contact or directly to our email address hello at com. Uh, and you'll find the links to both of those in the show notes uh, of the podcast episode uh, every week now, let's finish off with the Pomble. This is the time where we talk about our lives in Portugal here. Uh, we used to call this the Pramble, but we do this at the end now, so I'm calling it Pomble. And it's a short update this week because we've been in the work zone. So for sure. It's been mostly work zone. I do have a, a slight bit of knee news for everybody who's okay. been keeping up the knee news.
0: Let's, let's hear the knee news. I
1: did have a second opinion mm. on my MRI results. It did not look like the doctor was looking at a picture of a car wreck this Great. time, which is really nice. Love that for you. But he did say mandatory arthroscopic surgery, the loose bodies, free bodies that are floating around in my knee, which is basically pieces of meniscus and scar tissue mm. that I wish you saw. Delicious. Um, that uh, needs to be removed. Yeah. And part of what he explained to me, which I didn't really think about because I obviously am not a doctor and I only play one on TV every Wednesday, right. is when you have loose things floating around, around a joint, when the joint is moving, if the loose thing gets in between the two bones or in between the joint, that's trouble. That's yeah. a lot of trouble. And that's actually kind of what probably is causing most of my issues. Right. Aside from, I also do have a torn ACL again. But what was really interesting- It's
0: basically he- like creating a nutcracker. It's like a little
1: wedge. No, it's like, like, this-
0: a, you know, like a nutcracker. Yeah, yeah. It's like your loose bodies are the nut. The reason a nutcracker works and that you can, is because when you put something in between two opposing forces, it creates a lot But it's of...
1: not cracking it. It's not cracking mm. it. Um, but the one interesting thing that I did learn, I'm, I'm happy to share with all of you, thank you for asking, is study, a lot of data has come out in the past like 10 years that when you have an ACL reconstruction done, it will almost guaranteed with 100% certainty, tear after the, the rehabilit- or the, um the new one will tear no matter what in like- two to five years, naturally your body will just basically break it down. So, so does
0: that make you feel better that yours tore because you feel like it was inevitable? Yeah.
1: He thinks mine has been torn for a while.
0: Right. like Because you got yours replaced when?
1: 2007. So 15, oh. 16 years ago. Right. Yeah. So a long time ago. So I basically probably, and he was like, your left one is probably torn now as well. But Sick. but the problem, the good thing is like, you know, I couldn't go and play competitive basketball right now, right? but you can live everyday life with a torn ACL if everything else around your knee is healthy enough and you have strong enough muscles. If you don't have any loose bodies. Exactly. If when you have loose bodies, though, is when you're getting in trouble. So the the news the this week is mandatory arthroscopic surgery. Uh, they do want to clean up my meniscuses, which are like your little cartilage pads. Meniscus-i. Meniscus Meniscusi. He also was trying to decide if he wanted to do meniscuses or meniscai on the call mm. multiple times. And mm. I laughed because how do you decide? Um, so that is going to happen for your boy. And, and now the
0: question is timing.
1: Now the question is timing. Cause we are going back to the States in November and it's about a two to three month full recovery, two months. I should be recovered enough to the point where like, you wouldn't even notice that I had a surgery, but I'm not like maybe fully back to like, like the workout I did today in the gym. Um, but we'll, we'll see, we, we haven't decided yet, but I will continue to share because I do think it is probably helpful for people to hear how did it go having a surgery in you know a different country? Um, we, we do know someone through the internet, not personally, who had an Achilles surgery here in Portugal and said it was amazing. The cost was very minimal. The recovery was great. The rehab was great. Like the entire process was really easy. Um, so I'll share those. The that thing that along. I
0: have found in our limited interaction with medical things here, which I say limited, but it's actually quite a bit more than in an average year in, in the States, um, is just like, there's so many things about dealing with your health and medicine that are transferable anywhere. Which yeah. is that just that you have to put a lot of trust in the people that you're interacting with. And I, I personally, it was one of my biggest fears moving to a country that isn't my home country was actually dealing with the health system because I used to deal with a lot of health anxiety and things like that. But so far, I have just been like, oh, it's actually the same amount of anxiety. It's, yeah, it really. It really <laughs> it's is. It's like, oh, hi. Um, I mean, I think the only difference so far is the language barrier, which hasn't been a real challenge yet. Um, And you do realize how much like we moved around quite a bit in when we were living in the States. So we were always trying to figure out a new insurance, a new uh, medical group, a new this, a new that which is very similar to coming to a different exactly. country and yeah. figuring out a new medical system, a new group, also, a new that.
1: everybody has horror stories everywhere. It's just which like is a very bad experience. True. So yeah. it's like if you have better than that, I think you're winning. The last thing I wanted to share is that I really feel like I am in the bread groove.
0: Yeah, you are. I am in the you sourdough have...
1: bread groove.
0: <sighs> Guys, the people, the sourdough bread that Jason makes It's It's, truly some of the best bread I've ever had in my whole life. I'm not even trying to
1: toot my own horn. It's just delicious. It's life changing. It is the combination of the Portuguese bacteria that's in the air that I have created through the starter, the yeast.
0: Microbial. It is
1: the Italian flour that I have found that is like a super high protein, high quality flour that's just delicious.
0: And the American Baker.
1: And then it's just the love and care and tenderness that I put into every single loaf. Like, I'm going to be doing three hours of stretching and folding today. You are? And I'm not even mad about it because, like, I know that such good bread is going to come out of it. This bread is starting to, like, travel around the neighborhood
0: yeah there have been rumblings about uh, yeah. there have been like some requests
1: people are like have you ever thought about selling this bread and i'm like i don't want to become a like a, a full-time baker. baker i like doing this as a hobby you're once a, a hobby baker for twice a week just so. to get
0: clout in the neighborhood exactly i Which want to be known so as far like wow that guy
1: makes really good bread i
0: mean so you've accomplished that because there's lots of rumblings So
1: i'm in the groove i'm in the bread groove so you better watch out
0: i'm in paul there, hollywood Shut up Paul
1: Better watch out
0: Um, I'm, okay. in, I'm in no grooves
1: You're in no grooves right no, now Work groove I'm, I'm we're in, in a work groove yeah. It's
0: very hard for me When we're in the middle Of a creative project To focus on Life life or anything (laughs) i do i will say this it's not like everything goes to crap it's just everything goes to a baseline yeah so i'm doing a baseline workout right now not pushing it doing a baseline you know taking care of myself (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna say
1: baseline hygiene
0: (laughs) baseline hygiene baseline social outreaches baseline interactions with family and that's just the way that it's gonna be for probably the next month and that's That's okay okay. it's fine it's great
1: okay let's wrap it up that was a long one We, uh, for those of you who made it all the way to the end wow we really appreciate you thank you for you. joining
0: us in the mud thank you for listening to our couple mm. therapy session you know I like to just share the realness sometimes absolutely we're all about that I think it's easy that to believe that we after working together for basically 13 years have it all figured out no still,
1: still run into it
0: but we do still love each other very much uh, and I want I want to maybe. make that clear uh, I'm still so glad we run businesses together babe okay
1: yeah yeah I, I hear you And I'm with you. And I think that's a great thing to bring to the end of the podcast. Okay, love everybody. Goodbye. uh, I agree with Carol.